0: Welcome to episode 68. What did you watch this week? My name is Mike. My name is John, and you should see the crazy hand gestures going on over here. Okay, see, that's why when we recorded a few episodes ago (laughs) together, the intro sounded so different because, like, I'm tremendously animated when we talk. My arms, hands, movements, my voice, everything. And I'm like, I can't do that in front of a friend I've known for 20-plus years. (laughs) That would be awkward. I know, right? Did you ever watch the movie... um, Oh not Kissel. Um Hank Azaria, area, I think it was that started in it. And it was about an old newspaper man who did uh, he did it on the um the radio.
1: No. Does not sound familiar.
0: Okay. Anyway, so there was this I it was I think it might have been an HBO original movie. I saw this probably twenty years ago now. I I can't remember the name of it. it doesn't matter. But well, he was a very famous radio newspaper guy, okay. He was news announcer. you know he always did the radio on the news, he had a distinctive voice with what he did it in, and he like had this thing because no. yeah, and he had a um, like one of those um Morse code things, okay, and he hit that while he was saying it. Well, he had the system where he would and this is a true story movie by the way, he had a system where he would down a ton of water. So that he had to go to the bathroom so bad so that when he did the news, he knew he knew he had to fill like his three or five minutes, whatever it was. So the second he was done with the news, he could get up and walk away to go use the bathroom because he had to go to the bathroom that bad. Wow. And he would look down and he had this weird mannerism and posture. And it's just the way he, he delivered the message. Well, he wanted to be on TV, wanted to be on TV, wanted to be on TV. And obviously his style of reading the news was beautiful for radio not visually pleasing for tv gotcha one of those you've got a face for radio kid kind of yeah and so when he did finally get his first big tv thing it was met with what because he wasn't looking at the camera he was looking down the whole time and the second he was done he got up and walked away because <laughs> he had to go to the bathroom okay so anyways that's kind of like me how uh-huh. i am when we're doing the podcast when you when you can't see i was me. wondering where we're going with that yeah i'm move my hands around a lot like whatever so, I don't, looked it up on IMDB I'm not seeing it maybe it wasn't Hank area. it was um, hmm anyway a movie about news radio news broadcaster had to pee a lot pirate radio pump up the volume oh Great movie. Yeah, no, I don't think that was it. I watched that movie a lot. Pump up the volume. Yeah. Um, Christian
1: Slater, Happy Harry, hard on. That's right. I haven't seen that in so long. Samantha Mathis. Mm-hmm. Gosh, yep. I have not seen that movie in ages. I bet it hasn't aged well. I know. I tried to watch Heather's recently, and that has not
0: aged well. Let's see here. Uh, radio station films and series. Airheads. Really, airheads on the list. Yeah. Pirate radio, <coughs> good. Good morning, Vietnam. Radio land murders, born in flames. Corporate FM, FM. Historias de radio, Mother Night FM, Radio Days, News Radio. Tune in tomorrow. WKRP in Cincinnati. Great Night show. listener, Frazier. Talk to me. Pump up the volume. Talk radio. Uh, it had it had a, a single. Lincoln Freaks. All right. had a single, like, um, name, like, Kissel, or the name of the broadcaster. Okay. Doesn't matter. So, anyway. Thanks, everyone. This has been an episode where <laughs> I named that movie. I'm going to figure this out by the end of the episode, I swear. Okay. Anyhow, so let's uh, let's talk about some shows and stuff.
1: Well, there's not a lot to talk about, though, this week. No, there isn't. And this is not laziness on our part. There really is not a lot. Like, I looked at my DVR this week, and I looked at future recordings, and there were, like, four shows. And uh, it's pretty slim pickings right now as we're kind of in between some stuff, you know? Yeah. Game of Thrones comes back very shortly. 16th, Season 7. So we'll have that to talk about, which will be good. Uh, but, you know, Doctor Who's off. Um, a lot of the regular shows that we've been watching, were done now. I did want to um, point something out here, because... Every week, I've been making a pitch about iZombie, but it's now off the air. You know, yes. well, it's done for the season. Uh, two different friends this week confronted me about their love of iZombie, and, and you it say was confronted like, it yeah, was a, like they like, oh yeah, the they, they got right up in my face and they started punching me and
0: kicking me and well, um, confrontation is where confronted comes from, yes, exactly. So was this a negative? Oh, it was very violent. No, no, they actually loved it. Oh, okay. Um,
1: I guess you could say they accosted me uh, because it was not me trying to solicit from them their feedback. Uh, One of them sent me a message and was like, oh, my God, I had to tell you I was crying over last night's Eye Zombie. And I said, well, what were you crying about? And they explained to me the, the episode, and I knew exactly what they were talking about, but it was third season. And I said, give me your thoughts. Are you enjoying this show? And they said basically the same thing I did, you know, that the first season was really good, that they loved it. second season was awesome, and this season has just been phenomenal. Yeah, actually, three people, because I talked to my sister about the same thing. And she gave me the same feedback that iZombie is great. People should be watching it. And then out of the blue, my friend Christine, who works over at the Crime Lab. Yeah, you know her. I'm familiar. Yeah, She sent me a message. We were talking the other day, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm just sitting here eating my dinner, watching iZombie. I love this show. And I said, what do you love about it? Oh, everything about it. The characters are great. I love the setting. So I'm not alone here. This is a good show, people. Really telling you
0: people out there, you need to be watching that show. Well, oh, I, I, It's binge-worthy. I did try to watch. And you fell asleep? No, I just kind of, I cued it up, I read it, I said it was 42 minutes, and I just went, let's watch How I Met Your Mother reruns. So by tried to watch it, you mean you made an attempt
1: to put the episode on and then said, it's too much effort to click that button. Kind of. And commit. Yeah, I mean kinda don't know what you're missing out, man. I mean I get it this morning I was flicking through the channels and I had like three shows to watch for the episode tonight, but I said look, Scrubs reruns and I settled on Scrubs reruns because it's Scrubs. But uh, I I'm doing this not just for you but for the listeners out there and telling them, you know, we had one listener write in and say, I'm glad that you guys always tell me what to watch. Well, I'm telling you, if you're not watching iZombie, you're missing out. I will try to make an honest effort to watch it. It's your loss if you don't. I get it. But, yeah. That was just, it was coincidental to me that these are two people who aren't currently listening to the podcast who just said, hey, by the way, I really like this show. And I said, you know what? I'm right there with you. All right.
0: Sounds good. Mike's a little distracted, he's still trying to prove himself. I'm trying ready. to find the name of this damn movie. It's, it's really annoying me. I'm trying to think. It's just bugging the crap out of me. I think I, maybe, it couldn't have been Hank Cazaria, but I can't think of who else it could have been at this point. It's just, I, it's bothering me. So the wife and I finished watching, uh, Orange is the New Black okay season five 13 episodes uh season four ended with the uh, the which would be the start of the riot right. and the entire season was about the riot oh really yes and it really dragged it out yeah but it wasn't wasn't bad I mean okay the timeline of this of this season was about three and a half days from beginning to end of the riot maybe four max and um hmm. my wife and I both agree that this is probably like one of their best seasons of really? the show. Yeah. She's like, well maybe not the first season because that's where they established everyone, but they really only established Piper in that season. The season, I don't know, it was just something about it, it was just it was really enjoyable. Hmm. And it of course it ends on a cliffhanger, if you will. Okay. You know, like the to set up the next season. Yeah, yeah. Like the final scene is there was a group of them that were hidden in a part of the prison and it's them like they're gonna be confronted, if you will. So. Okay. Uh, but I don't know, it was it was a solid season. It was really enjoyable TV. Hmm. Go watch it.
1: See, I thought you were going to say uh, that you watched this season and that it was one of their weakest ones. That that was the impression I was getting is with your build up. But no, it was it was good. Good. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So, definitely give it a thumbs up. Definitely will come back for the next season. Yeah. Good. Well, that, that's good. I like I said I'm still a season behind. I've seen the first three seasons. Ugh, season four is a rough season to watch, but season five is actually pretty uh, maybe Maybe I'll pick it up again. I'm also two, two seasons behind on um, House of Cards. Yes, I know. Uh, I'm saying this stuff as we just admitted that we didn't have much to watch this week, but, you know, sue me. It, it is harder to sit down when you have a whole season or two seasons ahead of you. To say, do I want to commit to this? Or I think we were talking about it a couple weeks ago, where it's hard sometimes to sit down and commit to a movie. Oh, You're like yeah. that's an hour and a half. You know, do I really want to sit down and commit to this? Or do? Dude, I had a hard time committing to a forty-two minute movie. Yeah. A forty-two minute episode of a TV show. Yeah. I, I feel you. It happens sometimes. Um. Now this week you did not watch Dark Matter. No, I did not. Uh, please feel free to spoil <laughs> it. Well, I'm not going to fully spoil it, but I will say that this was actually we had talked last week about how the show was kind of going downhill, and we didn't like this whole "Are they good? Are they bad?" This week, we finally got an answer to a question from last week's uh, last season, which was when they went to the alternate universe. A ship warped out, and we always assumed that it was uh, one, you know, yeah. the pretty boy that had that weird thing where, like, he was actually. He hid, took somebody else's identity so that he could smuggle on board the Raza. Yep. And then the real guy came and found him and killed him and was now, you know, I'm the real whatever, number one. Right. Um, well, we finally find out that the ship that jumped into this place is it had the doppelgangers of 3, 2, and uh, the android. So... We've now got, although they don't go by the numbers because they, in that universe, they never lost their memories. So it's Boone, Portia, and the Android. And they're over here picking up where they left off. So stealing highly coveted missiles, you know, military stuff, uh, and generally just being bad guys, you know, drug smuggling, guns, gun running, and, uh this team gets word of it because their paths start to cross and the people that, that are good guys, air quotes, are working with, uh, start having run ins with the bad versions of them. I just wanted them all to have goatees, you know, even Portia because that's what ad universe people are. Right. They have the goatees. Star Trek taught us that. But no, it was it was interesting how it played out. Um you got confused a couple of times because it's obviously the same actor. Or the same actress playing both characters. So, you know, you'd see a scene where one is, wa- or three is walking down a hallway, and it's actually not three, it's Boone. But, you know, they look the same, it's the same actor. So it was fun in that respect. I liked it. I liked what they did with it. Um, I would like to see them do more, but who knows? It, it's still a kind of a hit or miss show this season. Cool.
0: Mike still hasn't found his uh, show. <sighs> No, I haven't. It's really bugging me. It's a one-name... It's like a one-word name. But you don't even know the actor. All I can think of is Hank Azaria, and I know it's not him. I can picture him, but I can't. Well, I tried looking up John Turturro, because he looks kind of oh, like Hank Azaria, but... You, not that you didn't see anything? No. You may have to let this one go, man. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can. Uh, so, John, you and I watched the movie tonight. Yes, we did. All yeah. table nineteen. Uh, yes. Yeah. It, uh, it stars Anna Kendrick, mm-hmm. also Craig Robinson, Lisa, Lisa Kudrow, Stephen Merchant's in it. Oh, Stephen Merchant. I do. It's, it's a funny cast, and essentially what it is is uh, this. Uh, it's it's about table nineteen is the uh, it's the table of randoms that should have checked, thanks, but no, but instead checked yes, we'll attend the wedding. Yep. That, that table where you have no idea where to put this person,
1: so yep. you throw them at that table. Exactly. i never been married, but I understand the concept. And I expected this to be a comedy. It was really billed as a comedy? Yes. The trailer, because you, you sent me the trailer, and I never watched it, but as soon as the movie started, I was like, I remember watching this trailer a while ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the trailer builded it as a comedy too. Really made it seem,
0: yeah, like this was going to be something old, wacky thing because they're, the, yeah. they're, they're the, uh, the the Breakfast Club of the wedding, the yeah. outcast, the outsiders of the wedding, if you will. But and then to the nth
1: degree with some of them, yes, like the, yes. Like the Indian kid there yeah. was like. A jacked up version of the character. Well, this any kid
0: is like a junior in high school whose mission in
1: life is to get laid, and his
0: mom's trying to help
1: him. Yeah, his no, it, like his mom is pushing him towards this. Like yeah. she's calling him up, and she's like, "Oh, you got to go after this girl, and maybe that, maybe that grandmother is a little older than you expected,
0: but come Who on, cares. do something." Right? Yeah. Ugh. But um, they establish straight away that Anna Kendrick's character is the recently dumped ex-girlfriend of the bride's brother. Yeah. Who so he's the best man. And she was supposed to be the maid of honor, but now she is not. And she got stuck at this table when she said, yes, she was still going to go. It's kind of a weird but situation. Here's the thing. Okay. They say in the movie too, like I thought they said it was six months out because when you send out wedding invitations, it's greater than six months out. You would think so. It's about six months out. But then you guys are like, Oh no, it was only two months out. Well, yeah. first of all, if she was going to be the Maid of Honor come two months out and then is not going to be anymore, she had to have already had an invitation to mail back. People aren't mailing them back that soon. That You know what I mean? Like usually they yeah. want to know a good month plus out what the headcount's going to be. I think we
1: should also point out here that there was not a lot about this movie that made sense. No, not really. Like I feel like each one of the characters they pointed at a writer and said, okay, you're going to do the awkward teenager. Okay. Yeah. You're going to do the married couple whose marriage is failing. Okay. You're going to do the creepy guy. Who's a prisoner yep. in, in a halfway house. And, um, and, and so none of them ever really felt like they meshed.
0: No, they didn't. Uh, but, Getting back to what we are saying, this is billed as a comedy. Yes. And it even seems like one. There's like an event that happens where they all kind of band together and they're going to get this other guy and they're going down the hallway doing one of those walking down the hallway scenes. We're going to make him pay for yeah, dumping you over text. Exactly. They're coming up with some sort of plan to get back at him. And then he shows up and it's about 47 minutes in the movie and it takes the hardest left turn I've ever seen. Yeah. Where it goes from being a comedy to just a straight up like... Drama. Yeah. Like sad, emotional, heart-wringing drama. And then the rest of the movie is not a (laughs) rom-com. It's like a rom-drama. Yeah. A a romantic movie. Yeah. Whatever. It's like it
1: takes a left turn in, like The
0: English Patient or something like that. Yeah. Where it's just like
1: (gasps) heartbreak and tears. And, you know, suddenly everybody's got these tragic stories. And, you know, this one's dying. And, you know, this one came here to have an affair. And, you know, it's everybody's yeah. suddenly tragic. Yeah. Like the tragic. comedy writer stepped out of the room for a minute, and some guy ran over and was
0: like, hee, hee, I'll show them. I wanted this to be a drama all along. I mean, and there was still elements of comedy here and there throughout the end of the movie, especially with Stephen Merchant's character. But they were really trying to. Yeah, do that. but the, the old, that was all background fodder. Yeah.
1: And ultimately, even if you take that part out, there was nothing in this movie that was not <laughs> really predictable. And almost eye-rollingly, you know, sigh-worthy as you're watching it. You're like, oh, this is going to happen. And then it happens. Oh, this is going to happen. I mean, between Mike and I and his wife, we predicted every beat of this movie, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There were a few misses there. You know, I thought the guy was in porn, but he was actually a prisoner. Uh, but it was
0: not really original at all. And I don't think No, even like the Anna Kendra character, the one that was dumb, meets a guy there, and I'm like, oh, he's not in this wedding. Nope. He's a wedding crasher. As a matter of fact, there's another wedding going on. He's involved in that one somehow, and he was. He was. So, yeah. as my wife said, well, we don't ever have to watch that again yeah. and we were done watching it.
1: Yeah, basically, this was, uh, it was a good way to kill an hour and 30 minutes. Uh, it was not a terrible movie, but I definitely would not give it a hard sell. Just couldn't do it in good faith. No. I, I, yeah, I would not tell everybody that you need to go out and watch this because honestly you don't. Um, even if you're like, well, I like romantic comedies. It's not really a full romantic comedy. Well, I like good dramas and heartfelt ones. You're going to be disappointed because it doesn't have a lot of heart. These people are either grossly underwritten or they're terrible people. I would not recommend it. I would not recommend it either. No. This does not get any positive uh, endorsement from me. No, no, it does not. Anna Kendrick, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but you've churned out like 30 movies in the past year, so you knew that there were going to be some And I typically like your movies, by the way. Yeah.
0: He's saying that to Anna Kendrick, not to me. Right, right. Well, you were just talking to Anna Kendrick, so I was also addressing her. Well, I addressed her myself. It was co-addressage to
1: the same person. That's all right. I somehow doubt she's listening to our podcast, but well, if she does, she's but, from Maine. We're in Maine. You never know. Yeah, but you notice that like you when she's never on red know. carpets or she's doing interviews for movies. She never says, "Yeah, back when I was in Maine." Yeah, I grew up in Maine. No, she's put us behind her. She's not from Maine anymore. She's from Hollywood. Hollywood kid is from Hollywood. So, uh, what else did you watch for shows this week, Mike? I believe that there were two of them that we both watched that we could talk about. Oh,
0: okay. Well, do you want to talk about Blood Drive, then? Blood Drive. Or do you want to talk about Walter Winchell? The name of the movie is Winchell. Boom. Stanley Tucci was the actor in the movie.
1: Stanley Tucci?
0: Yeah. Hank Azaria? Mm, that's a stretch. It is a stretch. But all I could think of was was Hank Azaria. Yeah. So it's, it's about... Walter Winchell. Okay. Came out in 1998. Do you feel better? I feel amazing (laughs) right now. Like, I feel a big weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Like you just dropped a big old deuce? I feel like I have not let anyone down. I feel like I have not disappointed anyone. Honestly? That I've come through in the end.
1: If you had closed your laptop and we had walked away after this, I would not have felt that you had disappointed me. I wouldn't have been, like, sending you messages like, Mike... I'm really feeling let down after the other night. I really wanted to know the name of that movie that I'll never watch. I would have disappointed myself. I see. It's a good flick. Yeah. I'll never watch it, but I'll take your word for it. The, the whole point of it was not that it was a good flick. It was to explain your proclivity for hand gestures. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but hey, if, if you heard all this, everybody, and you're like, I really want to watch this now. It's called Winchell. It's a good flick.
0: Uh, okay. Blood Drive. Blood Drive. The Crimson Halls of Cain Hill. (sighs) I don't want to say this is the weakest episode so far. I do. But this is the weakest episode so far. And even though, even to that statement, it was still pretty freaking nuts. Oh, it
1: was. Yeah.
0: This one, more than any
1: other one, reminded me of a standalone bad 80s horror movie. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, the, the main story here was that... We got a commercial in the very beginning for what was it, snacks, candy?
0: Some sort of, yeah, this candy. And if you read, there's like a fine print zipping across the screen. Yeah. <laughs> Don't eat this if you're pregnant. Da 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 da, may cause homicidal tendencies. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And, and it was a
1: pretty homicidal commercial because the guy, like, you know, it's like an ice cream truck pulls up in a nice sunny neighborhood and a guy runs up there and he orders a candy bar and he's eating it. And they're playing Sugar Sugar by the Archies, was it? Yeah, I believe so. Um, and he keeps eating more and more until the guy's out of stuff. And when the guy says that he's out of stuff, he drags him out of the truck and then beats him to death. And then starts stabbing him with, uh, head shears. Yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, we don't find it out till later. But basically, the story is that the Heart Corporation decided that they wanted to rework sugar so that it didn't make you fat anymore. Yeah. Uh, but instead, the side effect is now it makes you psychotic.
0: Yeah, and essentially, uh, they used Cane Hill. Yep, uh, as their testing ground. Yep, on the
1: uh, crazy people. So they told them all, you know, Happy Halloween, and gave them out candy, and the inmates went crazy. So when we get there with uh, Arthur and Grace, yes, they uh, the guy greets them at the door, and he's like Happy Halloween. And they're like It's July, but They've been torturing and killing people for almost a year now since October yeah and it makes you kind of wonder how these people are still alive because right. where's the food
0: coming from? I didn't question it no it was definitely an 80s horror movie kind of thing. Oh yeah, absolutely it was it was pretty pretty knocking thoughts. Not
1: only that okay so so that we'll get into in a second. No. but we had the secondary story in this the, well we had three stories because we had that. We also had the flashback of how Grace got into the race in the first place. Yes, which explains... Her sister
0: and exactly. the club and the fact that for some reason Slink was a DJ at the time. And also we find out from a picture in the hall that Slink was alive and worked at the same asylum back in 1957. Yeah. yeah. yeah, So he's obviously very old. But then we
1: have the, the secondary story, which is lovingly dubbed The Milkening of Christopher Carpenter. Um... Yeah, this was fucked up. This is... Okay, Christopher Carpenter is, as you've been listening to the show, the black cut cop that we talk about who always has to have an enormous black bar over where his penis is. Um, and this time it was standing straight up because he was having... Yeah, he was having a dream. Yeah, as he was running naked through a field and there were flowers and tall grass and stuff. and um, This gets more bizarre, and I mean this show, it trades in bizarre. Like, this show is bizarre. These scenes are
0: fucked up. Yeah, like, okay, so the little android girl there that lured him down there, that's now captured him and is torturing, she needs to collect five bodily fluids? Like, all of them are collected in a very, except for the last one, is collected in a very gruesome way, but the most difficult way possible to get way over the yeah, top. Yeah, I mean, way, way, way over the top. And, you know, in the end, after she it was okay, violently so jacks him off for a sample say, of his semen. Um, blood? Yeah. Urine? Yeah. Semen? Yep. people matter? Poop, yeah. And then... Saline. yeah, tear. Yeah. That was the last thing she needed was a tear. And she collected it on a little slide, glass slide, you know. Like Dexter would use. Right, yeah. And then said, this is actually the only thing I needed. But, like. Why did you do the the rest?
1: Like Mike was saying, the semen collection, she was like, do you want the probe or the hand? And he's like, make it the hand. And. Anybody who's ever done this to collect their own samples for whatever reason um, knows the the method, but she took her little robot arm and went
0: right to town. Yeah, I thought she was going to rip it off, or yeah. at the very least, you know, rip the skin off. Yeah, and he seemed to be very uncomfortable. Um, yeah, that that's what brought the tear on. And She's like, oh, I got what I actually needed. Yeah. The, the fecal matter was collected
1: by t- leaving him oh, a beverage... God. And saying, you know, drink up, you're going to need your strength. And then she's, like, listing off all this stuff that was in there. And it was multiple different kinds of laxatives, fibers, et cetera. And it just, it it wasn't enough that she was making him poop. Right. It was that she then stood between his open legs. Put a rubber glove on the one up to her shoulder. Yes. And then repeatedly violently punched him. Violently punched him in the yeah, yeah, like penetrating his anal cavity with her entire arm yeah. repeatedly. Yeah. This was... I'm guessing there was no lotion in there, folks. <laughs> yeah. No lubricant. It, I saw That's nothing there. I mean, granted, he probably had something brewing that wanted to come out, but... Wow. Yeah. And what is the purpose behind all this? We know that she says she's trying to get him ready to be part of Heart Corporation. Yeah. It seems more like she's just torturing
0: him. Uh, you know, I think it's straight-up torture. There's no no other way to describe it. Because, again, at the end of the day, all she needed was a tear. She didn't need anything else.
1: Now, I was wondering this. When she got on top of him to get the semen sample, she was topless. Yeah. Um, It looked like she had some flesh-colored pasties over the nipple areas. But there was no exposed nipple or
0: or anything. Right. But they didn't put a black bar across. Because there's no nipples, so that means they're not brass. Right. 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 I couldn't tell
1: if they were trying to be like, oh, she's an android, so we didn't need to put nipples on her, or. I, th- I think that's what they were going for. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is all happening, like, interspersed throughout. But basically, Arthur and Grace decide early on, hey, this is a giant asylum. There's maniac people here. Let's split up. And. Yeah. And they had made the deal last week, with the uh, scholar to buy them some time. Yep. He basically sabotaged the little box. That was messed up, too. Slink and his little buddy there with the drill in the mouth. And
0: Yeah, I don't get that one.
1: Yeah, he's got, like, a power drill, and he's getting his teeth drilled, and then there was this guy that, you know, was doing the drilling, and Slink was like, you better not tell me that this doesn't work, or I'm going to use that on your urethra. And the guy, like, spreads his legs and goes, it, it doesn't, doesn't work. work. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of creepy. Yeah. So... They escaped,
0: so basically Slink goes to Ribbone and says, Hey, you want revenge for Arthur Burn in your face? Well hold on real quick. Let's not forget to go back and we find Slink like sitting in a chair with like a diaper on and there's like a tube coming out from his groin that clearly has a yellow fluid in it almost yep. like and then the, the the tube goes into this the, that that guy's mouth. Yeah. Who's sitting there kinda of on the ground drinking Slink's urine? Yeah. Direct from the bladder, apparently. This is a messed up show, but oh,
1: it really God, took yeah. a new turn into uh, uncharted territory this week. Yeah, it did. It really did. So, yeah, basically, long and the short of it is they fight through the <laughs> asylum. And they're there looking for her sister. Yes, who it turns out she's not even there anymore. Uh, she got transferred. <laughs> um, but one thing that was interesting plot-wise is that all this time, Grace has been saying she needs to rescue her sister from the asylum. Um Arthur had said, Hart put her in the asylum to get you to race. And she's like, oh, well, then we've got to rescue her. But we see in the flashback, she put her sister in the asylum. Yes, she did. And was, you know, basically a hands-off approach. Was
0: like, oh, my sister's been doing red. She's all messed up. You guys take care of her. Yep. And a lot to do with that. She was more interested in hooking up with this guy named Primo. Yeah. Than watching and taking care of her little sister. <sighs> Karma, his name's
1: not Primo. He's called Primo because he won the last race. Sorry. Yeah. Anyhow. Still love the show. Yeah, it's a good show. Next week is going to be messed up because next week has the love bus. Nice. And it looks like um, the bodily fluids that are extracted on there or come out Ugh. unintended yeah. um, have a zombifying effect on some people. Oh good. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. That that'll be great.
0: All those zombies we saw all those zombies, all the uh Yeah, all the people we saw killed earlier are gonna come back. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Still a great show. Yes, I, I still enjoy this show. Love <laughs> it. Did you watch a? Uh, did you watch any more Preacher?
1: Yes, I've seen the first three episodes. I too have seen the first three episodes, and I
0: gotta say, it's three episodes of some pretty great television. <laughs> it really is, like great storytelling, kind of fast paced action, really good. That first episode,
1: we'll break them down, you know, one at a time here. So the first episode, they're fi- they're leaving the town. You know, it's right where we left them. They're taking off out of the town. They're like, "To hell with this place!" And it and... seems like they have no idea of the explosion that happened. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because they don't find out that until much later on. Um, but yeah, they've gone out to look for God because God's missing and, uh, the scene. Okay. So they get pulled over at one point. This was the highlight of the episode for me. They get pulled over and the cops take them, you know, they're, they're arresting them or whatever. Uh, Cassidy.
0: Yeah. And he's, he's oh. freaking out cause it's sunny. Sorry. Hold on. Hold yeah. On. It's even before that one cop shows up to, it puts their lights on and they make the conscious decision to not stop and to continue and get into a high speed pursuit yes. and all to them singing along to come and Eileen on the radio. Yes. loud, That was amazing. Television. It was, it was so amazing. And, and then loved it. they ran out of gas. Yes. And that's why they stopped. <laughs> That'll anyway. end a high speed chase yeah. pretty quickly. Uh, but yeah.
1: Tulip refuses to leave the car because that's her car. Jesse, yep. Jesse, I'm not leaving my car. <laughs> um, so yeah, so now the cops. Of course, it's a high speed chase. So now multiple officers are involved, and they're taking Cassidy out of the car. And he's like, "I need my umbrella." I need my. That oh, one cop is like, he's going to burst into flames." Yeah. The sheriff's like, "Give me that," and then Cassidy starts smoking, and they're like, "Well, I guess that was." And right. he runs and dives in the back of the car. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, all of a sudden, one of the cops gets the top half of his sh- his face blown off, like. Violently. Just, just, yeah. From the lower jaw up, his head just disappears. And they are getting shot at by an unknown assailant.
0: Uh, and it's ripping. I mean, it's moving vehicles. The bullets are blowing oh, these are like, cars. These are like a, a fifty caliber round, essentially, yes. except it's being fired from a handgun. <laughs> a revolver, no less. Yeah.
1: See, we don't see that at first, but we see it a little later on. But, yeah, they're getting hit hard out on a desert highway nobody else around and it was kind of a fun scene watching cassidy try not to burn up in the sun oh that was hilarious and and they're trying to um uh siphon off gas because even though they've got all these police cruisers that they could jump in and take off the keys are still in them she's like no i'm not leaving my
0: car and they use the Pops intestine, yes. As a hose to siphon the gas, and we come back. <laughs> He's like, "It's your car." There you yeah, go. And, and we she come does back. it. She's got blood all over her face. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of gross thinking. It of her. was really gross. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, <laughs> we see
1: shortly thereafter that the the guns were being fired by. The Saint of
0: Killers. Yes, the Saint of Killers. The, the gunman from the first season that they did the slow build on. Yeah. Which was a great slow it build. It was a great Especially slow Especially seeing how much time they're getting oh, yeah. out. Um, and essentially we learned at one point, either in this episode or episode two, that the gunman is tracking where they are based on Jesse using the Genesis voice. Yeah, because Tulip tells him early on, uh, he, he told a cop, you know,
1: he told him to do something and the cop did it. And she's like, I don't think you should do that. Yeah, she she's giving him the moral thing. You know, she's like, he's like, but it works. She's like, no, it's just, you know, you wouldn't like it if somebody made you do things against your will. So why are you doing it to them? I don't think it's right. You shouldn't do it. So she's like,
0: she's basically slapping him down and saying, you can't do this. She has a, a code of ethics in her mind that she lives by and she's not happy that he doesn't follow. Right. And it comes up a couple
1: times later on, either in that episode or the next episode where he's like, I really want to use Genesis. She's like, no it's not right. He's like, but it would be so easy. She goes, no, you're being lazy right now. Yeah. Beat the crap out of them. Um, But yeah, he goes to see another preacher friend of his who has a girl locked in a metal cage out in the garage. And, uh, is that episode one or two? That was episode one. Cause episode two focused completely
0: on the magic show. Okay. And, okay. I just, I watched them back to back to back. Yeah. So it kind of, it's a blur.
1: Yeah. We could cross over anyway.
0: But, oh yeah. Yeah, and this guy, you know,
1: they told him that they're looking for God, and he essentially sent them to Vegas, I guess, or something Vegas-like. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. Um, So he uh, he had a girl locked in the garage in a cage and told them that it's none of their business, but basically some of his parishioners asked for his help with things like this girl was addicted to um, running away from home and having sex. Yeah. And uh, her parents didn't like that, so... He locks her in a cage. That seems get, reasonable to get all the demons out of her. That's a reasonable response from you know from responsible adults. Absolutely. And uh, so they spend the night there, and then they take off because Jesse sees the Saint of Killers yes. and is unaffected by Genesis. Yeah, that's a. He tells him to stop, and he doesn't stop. Very alarming her, oh. discovery for him. Yep. So then they take off, and the guy, you know, the saint of killers, goes into the other preacher, and he's like, you know, you, I can make you tell me. <laughs> the other preacher pulls out a little knife, and uh, he goes, you know that won't hurt me. He goes, no, but it'll keep me from telling you. Yeah, and stabs himself in the chest. Yeah. I would have thought he would have gone for the throat, because, you know, then he really can't talk, but he stabbed himself right in the heart pretty much and killed himself. So so that's kind of how the first one ends. Yep. And then um, the, the second one was...
0: Yeah, I really, 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 really enjoyed this uh, story of DeBlanc and what he was doing after. Because at the end of the first season, we you know the Santa Killers comes up and he kills the other angel. Yes. And leaves DeBlanc, who is distraught over what happened. Mm-hmm. And in this one, he is... Um, because if you
1: recall from the first season, these angels, remember we had those scenes where they'd be in the middle of a brawl. And they would die, and then immediately a flash of light, and they would reappear outside yes. of the room. Yes, absolutely. So there were bodies everywhere, because they just can't die. When they die, they come right back.
0: That was fantastic, by the way. <laughs> so we get to see more of that in this episode. Because he's depressed, and he keeps trying to kill himself, and it's not working out well for him in any way, shape, or form. But we get to watch all the attempts, and oh, it's God. hilarious. He hung, he hung himself, he suffocated himself with a plastic bag, yep. shot himself. Yep. I mean...
1: Did he, did, I want to say he put a toaster in the bathtub or am I thinking of something
0: else? Um, no, I don't know. Maybe that happened, but the one I'm thinking of is at the, uh, the, the, the club, Mm -hmm. the guy's singing and like, for some reason they, they come down to like, see if he'll sing or whatever. And he grabs the microphone and he drops it in a bucket of ice and water sitting next to him and electrocutes him and kills him. But then he poof comes out and walks through on top of the stage and the crowd just erupts with, you know, with applause because well why wouldn't they? They just watch this guy die and there he is. Yeah. It's a magic trick to them. Yeah. And then that essentially leads <laughs> to him killing himself every show and then walking out like, hey, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Yep. He finally has purpose yeah. again. So, so he's feeling good. What do they do
1: with all the bodies? I, we, that's what yeah. I'm wondering. Do they just like chuck them out in a dumpster or something? I don't know, man, but that's a lot of bodies, you know? So, basically, Jesse and his crew show up to meet with DeBlanc and talk to him about God
0: and where he is and what's going on. He doesn't really want to help him. Well, initially, no. Not at all. And then Cassidy's like, give me, you know, 48 hours. God, that was messed up. And then they had this whole big montage of them doing drugs together. In fact... The first speedball he gives the, the block <laughs> kills him. <laughs> yes, and he, and he walks out of the bathroom, and just looks at him, and he goes, "All right, less heroin next time." <laughs> it That's, was great. I thought that
1: was fantastic. But That's it was it was a messed up trip of them like running around the hotel room and pillow
0: fighting and oh yeah, building Making blanket forts, yeah. blanket forts, <laughs> picking them down and then eating and various things they are eating and on and on and on and it was it was very entertaining. Meanwhile, Jesse and Tulip got kind of romantic and then she said she wanted to get married
1: and then decided she didn't want to get married. I could have cared less. I was enjoying DeBlanc and Cassidy myself. DeBlanc story was amazingly awesome. Yeah. But then,
0: unfortunately, you know, the saint of killers has to come calling. Well, real quick. So Cassidy works really hard at getting DeBlanc to trust him. Ultimately, he does, yep. and then de Blanc reveals that, oh, well, the killer, Saint of Killers is coming after you because we asked him to, yeah. and we control him, so we'll just tell him to stop. And he'll stop. Mm-hmm. That didn't work. No. That no. didn't work at all. <laughs> they unleash the dog, and the dog is not going back on the leash. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So de Blanc is now dead. Yes, because he tells Jesse and everyone that he'll tell de Blanc to go look for someone else, and then... The Saint of Killers. Yeah, the saint of killers, yeah. that is. To go look, uh, and that he was going to um, tell him all this. Like, hey, I, I put the hit out. I'm going to cancel the hit, and he'll listen to me, and on and on and on. And then we get to the end, and
1: boom. Yeah. yeah, goes to Dynamite. And everyone's really disappointed in the audience because they're used to seeing him die,
0: and then come right back. And this time,
1: he just dies.
0: Yeah, and he even told, like, he told... Love spirits, saint of killers. <laughs> he even told the saint of killers, like, um, you know, you have you know, continue your mission. You know, he told them where they were going, yeah, and then you know, basically asked him to kill him, yeah, and he did. But basically, we've heard that God really likes jazz music, yes, and that's why they're in New Orleans. And the other thing is, is that um, what's your name? tulip, tulip as a backstory we're slowly learning about where basically she was working for this guy, probably some sort of mob related thing or whatever. And it had to do in New Orleans and yep. Yeah. Um, and then the third episode, a little
1: slower. Yes. Um, but they get to New Orleans. We also, the majority of the first part of this episode is learning Eugene's backstory. Who is
0: aspects is basically reliving the same day. Uh, eternity and then he finally manages to get out and he's walking down the hallway and then Hitler comes out right, of another room right but we find out because it
1: was always said that you know the whole town hated him because of what happened to this girl who's like in a vegetative state And we finally get to learn that basically she called him over and said oh my boyfriend broke up with me and he doesn't want to be with me and I'm going to kill myself and she had a shotgun and she was going to kill herself and you're my best friend. And he like talked her down and she's like, okay, I can, I can live. And she had like a 10 page suicide note. And yeah. after he talked her down, he's like, oh, we don't need this anymore. So we lit it on fire and threw it in the trash can. So there's no evidence anymore. Correct. And then she's like, you're my best friend and puts her head on his shoulder. He goes in for the kiss and, and she recoils. Like not just, for... <laughs> I mean, like she, she just got punched in the throat type of recoil. And she even says, ew. Yeah. What are you doing? And then she's so distraught by this that, no, you know what? I do need to kill myself. Grabs the shotgun, goes to blow her own head off. He goes, no, and, like, half interrupts her. Yeah. And so it blows, like, the top of her head off, and the yep. brains come out. The top left portion of it, yeah. Yeah. And he's, like, scrambling on the bed trying to stick the brains back in her head. He's like, let me put this back in here. Let me put this. And she's blinking. Yeah. So he's freaking out even more. And then the door's locked and her mother's like banging on the door. And you open this door right now. And he tries to escape out the window and he can't because he can't lift it. So he grabs the shotgun and tries to shoot himself, but it doesn't go off. So now he's looking in the barrel like, what's going on? You know, the Bugs Bunny thing. I kept waiting for it to go off. Yeah. But then we hear, boom, and the screen goes black. And we know that that's why his face looks like it does. Right. Um, but, yeah, he's in hell apparently. Yeah, yeah that's I'd where say Hitler so. is. I I would definitely say so. He's in hell. But then the whole New Orleans thing—it was a little slow for me. Like Jesse says, we're looking for God, and this guy's like, "Oh, come with me." And like everybody in town seems to know Ugh. that if you're looking for God, you go here. Yeah. And they take him to this, you know, underground place in a back room. Well, there's a furry. Yeah. Basically, a guy dressed in a Dalmatian suit with a woman holding his leash. Yeah. And they're all like, "This is God." And then it was just the slow burn of Tulip revealing she doesn't want to be down here because this guy's looking for her. Yep. And in the end of the episode, he picks her up. But then there's the group of men in white, which was a little odd. Yeah, some sort of religious zealots who come after um, that girl. Yeah. The lounge singer who exactly. Jesse was sent to, yeah.
0: he's like, I heard you could tell me where God is. She's like, yeah, he's down the road in the Dalmatian suit. Yeah, and they come after her because she knows too much, basically. Yeah, and she's got a baby, and she's
1: got to get out of town, so Jesse helps and you know, tells them to stop, and that beats the crap out of all four of them. Uh, yeah. That yeah, he really does. Like got some he mad fighting, kicks fighting skills. Some major league butt there. I was remembering back to the first season when like he broke that guy's arm and kicked some ass. And yep. um and then she's like, you know, oh, how did you get them to stop? And he's like, I have a power. And she's yeah. like, Could you make me stop if I wanted to kill you? And he goes, Stop. Kiss you. Kiss you, yes. Yeah. And he makes her stop. And then he puts her in a taxi and gets her and her kid away so that they can get to the airport and go stay with her sister. But it was all a ruse. Yes. She it's works with the men in white, and even her blonde hair was a rude. <laughs> she really has dark hair. Yeah. And she now knows that he has something very powerful and that they have to stop him, and they put it on
0: this other guy. I couldn't yeah. even remember what she said, but like... Basically, she said, put him as a high alert status. Yeah. You know, we need to go get people out there in helicopters, check him on him, on and on and on. So.
1: It goes on this guy's desk, and it's some guy with a scar over his mm-hmm. eye, and... So now there's going to be more players looking for Genesis. And yeah,
0: good show. Really good show. Really great first couple of episodes. Yeah, you know, uh, I really, really enjoyed them.
1: I know that when they the graphic novel takes place across the world. Yep. And when they first came out with the show, they said that they were going to keep it local because they weren't sure how they were going to do and if the ratings would be there, and so Which they just want to makes make it perfect easier. sense. Absolutely. Now they're taking it across the te- the country. Yeah. Um, I watched a couple of movies this week. Okay, what'd you watch? Well, I watched that Table Nineteen with you. Okay, yeah. We and then about. I watched I watched two rather disappointing movies, oh. so I won't go too deep on them. A tub Time Machine Two.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna bother ever.
1: I it was on Comedy Central, so it was already edited a little bit. I liked the first one. You and I watched it together. Yeah, I enjoyed it the was first fun. one. Uh, when I saw that John Cusack wasn't coming back for the second one, I was like. Eh. Um, I was not that into it. Um, it was rehatching the same thing, except for this time they go to the future Yep, and, uh, you know, their lives have fallen apart, so they've got to fix it up. It, it's not worth sitting down and really watching. The first one was good. The second one, not so much. Okay, same, uh, same thing with masterminds. I wanted to see this when it came out cause it's Zach Galifianakis. It's Owen Wilson. It's, um, Kristen Wiig. Uh, Kate McKinnon. For all intents and purposes, it should be a good movie. It should be. Yes. And Zach Galifianakis plays this messed up guy who works for Loomis Fargo. You know, he's just a dunce who works for Loomis Fargo. And Kristen Wiig kind of like seduces him, but like not really seduces, but like flirts with him and gets in good with him. And then she's hanging out with Owen Wilson and these other scummy guys. And they're like, hey, you should get him to help you rob Loomis Fargo. And so they do, and they rob Loomis Fargo to the tune of like seventeen million. Jeez, grow. <laughs> and uh, but then it's like you know they tell him to go hide out in Mexico, and they'll send him money. They give him twenty thousand dollars taped to his ass. I think they're lying. Yeah, and uh, it was just beyond that. It was just like stupid comedy stuff. Like you know he's swimming out in the waters down in Mexico, and it's beautiful, and there's coral and stuff. But he has a hot dog. Yeah, because he wants to lure over a, an eel. And then the eel, the moray eel, grabs hold of his arm, and he's like, oh, "Get it all, get it off!" Yeah, so it was not worth it. Just, I I was disappointed. That's too bad. But the other movie that I watched that I was not disappointed in, Spider-Man: Homecoming, a lot of great things. Um, I good will say, you John, I will not go spoilery on this because it is just out this weekend. I mean, you haven't seen it yet. Most of our listeners haven't seen it yet. I will say this: this was a very good movie. Um, unfortunately, I feel like Wonder Woman has spoiled me. I never thought that I'd say those words. But I know, Wonder Woman was so good. It was, and it kind of made this one a little bit dimmer, the light of this one a little bit dimmer, but it was really more a story about Peter Parker than Spider Man, which was very refreshing.
0: Okay, that's yeah, um, different. The
1: villain's well, villain, the uh, vulture, yep. was very believable. Nice. Uh, very well done. I could very much forgive the fact that this is not the Adrian Toomes from the comics, but they made him really believable. The timeline gets a little weird because when we open the movie, it's right after the Chitauri attacked New York. Okay. Then it says, Eight years later. And we pick up Eight years later. And then it says, Six months later. Because the Eight years later is Civil War when we're meeting Spidey for the first time. Okay, And we get to see, like, parts of Civil War, you know, when he was introduced and he was fighting. And then it's six months later with, you know, now we can actually have the movie progress. Nice. Yeah. Um, It was definitely a story about Peter Parker. It was definitely well done. I still, to this day, do not agree with the decision to make Aunt May a sex symbol. Yeah, I don't get that. Because... Every time there's a new Aunt May, she gets younger and younger as time goes on. It was three different times in this. Like, Robert Downey Jr. was like, hey, what about May? You know, what's she doing? Then the owner of the bodega down the street was talking in Italian to the guy behind the counter. And he's like, you know, he goes, hey, how's May doing? Peter's like, oh, she's doing good. And he leans over the counter and he's like, she's a hot Italian woman in Italian. But then Peter speaks Italian. So he's like, oh, you know, Peter goes, how's your daughter doing? It's like, whoa. And then later on, some of the kids in school were like, oh, yeah, May's really hot. Yeah, That's just weird. That's not, no, Aunt May's not hot. And Peter, for all those wondering, Peter is 15 in this. Tony calls him fourteen at one point, and he goes, "I'm 15. so that clears up the age
0: thing. He's, I uh, he's yeah. not a senior; <laughs> he's like a sophomore. Um, well, hopefully, going forward, yeah, you know, the new movies, the new collections, season, or whatever, you know, they they stay true to this version of the character now that they've established again. Yep.
1: Um, two other things of note: one, the opening thing that they always do with Marvel, you know, and they've got the newer version yes. where it's like Marvel, and you see the scenes from the different movies. One thing that they changed on this was they played a rock version of the Spider Man theme. So it was like. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So giving a nod to that. And secondly, there are two PSs. There's one midway through the credits, which is good. Yep. There's one at the end of the credits, which is one of the best PSs I've seen in Marvel history. Oh, wow. It's, that's saying something. It's great. That's it, saying something. Yes. Um, just because it really fits in with the movie uh, in an awesome way. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. So. We'll talk about this more once a little time has gone by. Yeah, I do want to go see it. it. Yeah. Uh, But definitely, big thumbs up. Nice. Um, Wonder Woman was still better. I know it's apples and oranges, but (sighs) talking superhero movies, Wonder Woman just. I can totally see it, yeah. It hit every note. And this was a really good movie. But having just seen Wonder Woman twice, I'm like, hmm, it's not quite there. You know, there were just a few things in this movie where you're like, I wish it could have been more. It's almost there, but it's just not quite yet. Oh, and I will say this, too, because it's kind of hinted at in the movie, but unless you're really a Spider-Man fan, there's a lot of nods to Spider-Man fans, and it's set up for Spider-Man fans later on. But this is a young version of Spider-Man just working out. Okay, In most Spider-Man movies that you've seen, he's swinging through New York, through the skyscrapers, all yep. over the place. Yep. In this one, we've all seen the previews. We've all seen that scene where he's on the Washington Monument. He jumps over the helicopter. He is scared to death being that high on the Washington Monument, Mm. which is not even a skyscraper. Right, no. So this is, like, a lot of this is him running through neighborhoods or trying to web swing but not having anything tall to web swing from. Fair enough. So it's things that we've always wondered about, you know, like, where does his web go when he tries to swing through a neighborhood? And these are small neighborhoods, so it's definitely the early versions of Spider-Man like that. So
0: I like that, though. it, It was really... I like it because... I did enjoy the amazing Spider-Man movies, but mm-hmm. uh, it was, it's almost like he went from being a teenager to get bit to being a, a full grown adult and this everything about the Spider-Man yep. when he can, can't do what he has to do. I mean, like it was just too, too quickly established, I guess.
1: I will also say this. You may remember this. You may not, uh, without giving any spoilers in this movie, Karen is Jennifer Connelly. Oh. That's all I'll say. Okay. So when you're introduced to Karen, just know that it's Jennifer Connelly. Okay, fair enough. And that's kind of a, oh, that's cool. So. That is cool. Yeah. Um, Those were the only movies that I watched. I saw a couple of trailers. I think you saw a couple of trailers.
0: Yeah, of the trailers I watched, there's nothing worth talking about. No, no. Yeah, you've recommended watching this one called Geostorm with uh, uh, Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler. And I was just like, wow. It's a disaster movie, and well, it's, it's a disaster movie. But it's just it seem like funny it's a comedy. Movies. Yeah, it's, disaster movies aren't supposed to be funny. No, you can have comic relief. You can yeah. have a guy that drops a one liner here or there, but to actually just yeah,
1: and. Like I said, I watched Daddy's Home 2 trailer, and I said, why did they need to make a second movie? I thought the first one was terrible, because I never watched it. I assumed it was terrible. Yep. And apparently in this one, their fathers are here, and it's Mel Gibson and John
0: Lithgow. Lithgow. Yeah, and John Lithgow is um, Will Ferrell's dad. Yeah, Will Ferrell's dad. Which does look hilarious. Um, Yeah, it does um, appear. And then, you know... uh, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, thank you very much. Wahlberg's dad. Yeah, Mel Gibson being Mark Wahlberg's dad is kind of spot on. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah.
1: they're the tough guys and the strong guys. Oh, yeah.
0: And good for, good for Gibson for getting himself a role like
1: that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of buried um, himself for a little while there. And I only have one news item, and it's, it's a very, very tenuous rumor. Yeah. But apparently somebody was digging through some blog for this British actress, and... Somebody was asking, I didn't even like fully understand all the logic behind it, but basically this news outlet picked up on the fact that she had written a blog recently about Doctor Who, and somebody was like, oh, are you going to be the next Doctor? And she like sidestepped and avoided making any kind of committal answer yeah. to it. So suddenly they're like, oh my God, is the new Doctor really going to be a female? Is this going to be her? And nobody has come forth to deny that yet. But they have said recently that Doctor Who and Dirk Gently will be in Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con this year. And that we will be seeing Peter Capaldi for the last time. We may see the new Doctor in Hall H.
0: Okay, that would be a great unveiling. It It would. need to be the right audience for it. Yep, and it would be the last time that
1: Stephen Moffat will probably be in Hall H. It's the last time Peter Capaldi will be there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. See, that would be a lot of fun to go to someday. But I just... Everything that I've heard is that, like, the Hall H is the main hall for the big announcements and stuff, and that people will line up, like, ten hours ahead of time yeah, just to get in there and sometimes
0: get turned away because they're at capacity. Absolutely. That doesn't sound like fun to me, that part. No, it doesn't, and there's just so many people there. It doesn't seem like, I mean, it was bad enough for Rhode Island Comic Con. There was enough people there where it was kind of just like, all right, this is enough.
1: Yeah, but, uh, shuffling shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, and-
0: exactly, but, man, yeah, it'd still be fun to go down there sometime.
1: Yeah, I agree. So,
0: you know, I was just thinking when you talk about San Diego. Yeah. And this is non topic related here, but I was talking to a Border Patrol agent up in uh, Copenhagen who was calling a traffic complaint. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to call him back about something, get some more information, whatever. He made the comment of, uh, oh, yeah, they never even see OUIs up here at this border. He goes, like, I came from a bigger border station. Oh, yeah, where are they? Where are you? San Diego? San Diego to Gore <laughs> Talk about a culture shock guy. goes like, yeah, holy crap, there's nothing about here but moose and trees. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> if you imagine going from working, like, San Diego, Border Patrol, or being at the San Diego Comic-Con, and then now you're going to come and go to, you know, a comic book shop. That's the equivalent. <laughs> you're going to a local comic book shop. That's like uh, our buddy Paul, who lived
1: out in California. Yeah. And, you know, would tell us all about how it would take him an hour to drive five miles to his Yes, road. exactly. And then he transplanted up here to Maine. I'm like, yeah. how does that even work? That's going to be crazy. So, I, yeah, I get it. He likes it. That's funny.
0: So, yeah, that was kind of a light podcast this week. but Yeah, it is. it's It's going to be a little bit more lighter next week, kind of, because I am on vacation and I am going camping all week. Nice. So I don't know what I'm going to have time to watch or whatnot.
1: Well, we may have to uh skip a week and come back with a vengeance yeah. after Game of Thrones comes on. It would kinda be appropriate to have episode sixty nine be a Game of Thrones themed episode, but
0: <laughs> that's just the pervert twelve year old in me. I think you're right though. But that would give us some time to watch some Game of Thrones, Blood Drive, a couple episodes of Preacher. Yep. So, so
1: we'll see. So you may see that, folks. You know, we'll try to let you know on our Facebook page yeah. if that's what's gonna
0: happen, but and also there's gonna be a new um website up here on the nerdylegion.com, a new a new way that they're loaded and if you subscribe through itunes you shouldn't see any interruption but if you subscribe through other ways like i use PodKicker uh on my a mind to uh download the new episodes you may have to uh do or do a search again for the podcast and create a new uh, link
1: you heard that correct folks mike downloads his own podcast i need the numbers he likes the sound of his
0: own voice i don't listen to it i just <laughs> download it and delete it hey it's so a download. <laughs> I'm just padding the numbers. Well, for well, that matter, you should be sitting at work like download, delete, download, delete, download, delete. Nah, nah, Down, no, no, no. popular not, on Nerdy <laughs> <laughs> I download it the one time. Okay. And I'm like, all right, that's good, yeah. <laughs> uh, hell. All right, well, um, yeah, I'm at Superstar SuperstarML. I'm, I'm at the Quantum Geek, that's G33K. Uh the show is... What did you watch? And of course the Facebook, what did you watch this week? Check us out there. And yeah, thanks. Thanks everybody. Talk to you next week. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not.